Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Welcome to our preview of the 2024 Canadian National Skating Championships, better known as Canadians, which will take place January 8th to the 14th at the Windsport Arena at Canada National Park in Calgary, Alberta. We are joined by a special guest, but before we begin our event discussion, Daphne and I want to briefly address a breaking news story that is directly related to a competitor scheduled to compete in Calgary this week. On Thursday, January 4th, USA Today published an article by Christine Brennan, which details a sexual assault allegation against 2022 Olympian Nikolai Sorensen. Sorensen and partner Lawrence Fournier Beaudry are a popular ice dance team who represented Sorensen's native Denmark before switching to Canada in 2018. They are the reigning Canadian ice dance champions and as of this recording are set to compete at the national championships next week and last month they finished fifth at the Grand Prix final. Sorensen is currently under investigation by Canada's Office of the Sport Integrity Commissioner. Also, as of this recording, there has been no response from Sorensen regarding the allegations, although Skate Canada did release a statement explaining that they take abuse issues extremely seriously, that all misconduct complaints are managed by abuse-free sport through the Office of the Sport Integrity Commissioner, OSIC, and that they comply with any directives of abuse-free sport and its agents. We are following this developing story very closely and will continue to report facts and outcomes as they are available. But for now, we're going to move on to discuss next week's event. To help us preview Canadians, we are joined by someone who knows a lot about Canadians, four-time Canadian National Pairs champion and Olympic silver medalist, Kirsten Moore Towers. Before we began recording today, we discussed with Kirsten how we wanted to address this news as part of our Canadians preview as the team is still scheduled to compete at Canadians at the time of this recording. It was decided that in order to not take the attention away from the other athletes competing, we would open with the previous statement and would not discuss the matter further. We will provide the links to the news articles in our show notes. Please note that the articles do contain graphic descriptions of sexual abuse that may be offensive to some readers or painful to survivors of sexual assault. So please use caution when reading them. So we want to welcome Kirsten to this week in skating. Welcome. Hi. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I also have my dog, Lila. So we're both here to preview. Well, welcome, Lila. (laughs) Happy to have Lila with us as well. (laughs) I was saying earlier, I figured if I was holding her, perhaps there would be less little noise in the background. But I guess we're going to (laughs) see. That's totally fine. I don't think we've had a canine guest on the podcast before. No, not that I can remember. So Lila is first. First time for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so give us a little bit of your skating history. I mean, we know you from years of pairs in Canadians and following your career, but yeah, just give us, how did you get into skating and what makes skating so special? Uh, Well, my mom was a skater and she put me into skating when I was two years old. I don't remember it, of course. Um, (laughs) I, she tells me I laid on the ice and screamed and cried and I couldn't skate at all and begged to never go back. And she told me that once I finished my whatever it is, couple weeks of whatever she signed me up for, which is crazy that 31 years ago, you can sign a two-year-old up for uh, any kind of course or can skate, um, then I could quit by the time that was done. And uh, by the time I had learned how to actually skate and uh, move around and kind of reap the benefits of all the amazing things that actually skating can give you, then I loved it and I never looked back. And when I was seven, um, I told my mom I was gonna go to the Olympics. My mom had no idea how I came up with that, how I knew <laughs> about the Olympics. Um, we had you know, kind of watched the 98 Olympics. I'm born in 92 briefly, but I was very young, of course. And my mom is super nice. And she said, you know, it's really hard to make it to the Olympics, but if you try your best, that should be good enough for you. Just, you know, keep trying your best. And I told her, well, somebody has to go. Why can't it be me? (laughs) So it's been my sort of life mission as long as I can remember that that's where I wanted to be. Um, But really was determined to do it as a single skater. Joanny Rochette was um, my hero. Before that, it was Sasha Cohen. Um, And I just was so determined to be that girl. And of course, my life and my journey took me somewhere different. And now... Um, pair skating is one of my greatest loves in life. So I, I can't imagine having done it any differently, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. How did you get into pairs? If you thought singles was where you were going? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And actually I have one of my friends to thank for that. I had a pair boy friend who I had known just through, uh, competing from the, uh, and Canada were separated in sections. And at the time, Ontario was separated into four sections and I was a part of Western Ontario and I had these you know Western Ontario friends that I saw at competitions and I think because I was very short always I was getting asked fairly frequently to do pair tryouts and was always saying no and I ended up finally succumbing and saying yes to this friend of mine because he was asking me so often that I was just annoyed (laughs) so I thought fine I'll try it but I'm not gonna like it but I'll try it Mm -hmm. and then I really liked it. And um, I, I didn't look back. I, I competed both disciplines for only a couple competitions. I didn't even do both at, at nationals. And that was more uh, because of health thing, different reason. But I just, my love for pairs took over. And um, yeah, I just can't imagine doing it on my own anymore. And so what are you up to now? Because you retired after the mm-hmm. last Olympics. What does your life look like now? Uh, well, I wear many hats. Most of them still pertain to figure skating. I, I coach at 
a pair school here in Vancouver. I have six pair teams. Uh, I feel incredibly lucky that they sort of curated the program before I got here, before I moved to the West Coast. And so just had this incredible opportunity to step into a club that had an existing program and could kind of help run it in a way that um, I saw fit. Of course, I've never been a coach before uh, full time. So I'm just winging it every day and trying my best to give these kids great experiences in pair skating. Um, I also am doing um, analysis for Skate Canada, doing their commentary, which is maybe my favorite job that I have. Um, I do a little bit of choreography. Um, teach. I still teach seminars and skate with Mike. Mike and I just finished the Stars on Ice tour. So I'm just kind of, I'm saying yes to everything, which was a goal of mine when I retired, because I just didn't know who, who I was apart from the competitive athlete. And I figured the only way to figure it out is to say yes to everything and then figure it out along the way. <laughs> I think that's great advice. Because yeah. it is hard once, once you get to that point in your career and you're transitioning to post-competitive life. And we've talked about it on here before. Um, it can be a challenge understanding like what your future looks like if you're not doing you know, you're not competing at competitions because it's Absolutely. very different to prepare for doing shows versus doing the competitive circuit. That's so, right. And there's also so much of, um, I think for a lot of skaters, so much of your worth is wrapped up in mm -hmm. that identity that you have had for so long. And um, I feel really lucky that I had a lot of support. Most of my friends retired before I did. And so I saw some friends do it really well. And I saw some friends who really struggled. And so I tried my very best to network as much as I could to put some things into place for me so that when I was done, I would have um, at least a direction. And then I could figure out later on if I liked it or if I was good at it. And it's been a really great experience to just try to learn from everybody around me. I was um, very well practiced at pair skating. I was not, I'm not well practiced in any of these other things that I'm doing. So it's been so fun to learn from anybody around me that is willing to teach me something and try to create who I am in all of these roles. And somebody told me that if you lead with your values, you, you can't go wrong. And that has mm -hmm. been kind of the pillar of how I live my life now, even if there's a decision to be made that might be difficult to try to lead with values and then you won't have regrets and so I don't know what I'm doing but I'm trying my best <laughs> <laughs> which is the advice that your mom gave you right way back when you started <laughs> That's skating right. you know try your best, best. and it yeah. will work out for you yeah. yeah so that's wonderful so what do you think makes the Canadian championships so special because anyone that I've ever talked to has has said there's there's just something about Canadians that just makes it magical in some ways yeah it's uh it was my favorite competition and it was it's most people I know in Canada's favorite competition I think there's an aspect to it of everybody coming together I think for the most part the Canadian skating community is very tight-knit and of course everybody training in different places it's a little different now with hubs but we didn't see that so much maybe 10 years ago there were more um different training bases I think and um, the volunteers are incredible the stands the audience is incredible whether the stands are full or not full I find the audience is knowledgeable and supportive 
um, it's just a really fun and exciting time. And even now, when I think about it, last year, of course, was my first year not competing at it in many, many years apart from COVID. And um, going there gave me the same feeling that I used to have. It's just such an exciting time. And it's fun to watch the skaters go through that experience. On the practice day, a bunch of schools come in. And so there's kids screaming in the audience uh, who probably are not <laughs> familiar with skating, but the energy is there. Um, it's really great. It's just such a such a magical competition. Yeah, we talk about U.S. Nationals being like a reunion of sorts. Totally. So I'm guessing Canadians is sort of that same feeling and vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fun to see all your friends because, um, you know, of course, as we advance to higher levels, the numbers get less and less. It kind of looks like a triangle, right? At the lower levels, there's so many mm-hmm. of us. And then as you get to the top, there's less and less people. And of course, um, majority will go to um, competition throughout the year, but not everybody's there. So it's the one event a year where you see all your friends. And um, I was always a little bit of a show off, even as a little kid. And I really thrived when I knew people in the stands. It was more difficult for me to go and compete in China or in Russia or where I didn't know an overwhelming amount of people in the stands. It was really a lesson for me to learn how to still turn that on when I didn't know everybody. So I think that's why nationals for me was such a great experience because it was the ideal environment for me to thrive. What's it like watching skaters that you went to the Olympics with competing Um, at nationals and you've moved to the other side of the boards? So what is that like? You know what? I haven't really thought of it, I guess, in that regard so much as I kind of see it as just watching my friends and people I've known for a long time. Uh, When I retired, it was very much time. I think it was probably six months to a season too late. Like I really struggled very publicly in my last season competing. So I feel lucky to an extent because um, I miss it, but I don't by any means want it back. (laughs) Very happy to watch from the stands, to commentate. I love to have a job. I love to be in the building. I love to support uh, the skaters, but um, I don't feel that kind of longing that I think a lot of retired athletes feel. They want that competitive feeling back and I'm great never feeling that again in my life um I Joanie Rochette famously jumps out of planes because it is the only thing that makes her feel that feeling of competing and a couple of us were talking on tour just recently about that and about from my perspective I don't need to find anything that makes me feel like that again so (laughs) to answer your question Daphne I enjoy watching them I love cheering for them um, but I'm happy to be on the other side. Do you have a particular Canadians that sticks out to you, like a favorite memory from Canadians at all? Yeah, I have, gosh, I have a, a ton of great memories from Canadians, a couple, obviously, that were not so good. But when um, Mike and I qualified for Pyeongchang, it was Canadians in Vancouver. Um, we were very much underdogs uh, for anyone who maybe doesn't know our story that well. Uh, we kind of had been fourth the whole quadrennial and we needed to be third. And for months leading up to it, I was thinking, how the heck am I going to do this? This is so stressful. Um, it's just, it was really the the biggest time in my career that it was all on the line and it was make or break in that moment. And um, we skated not our very best ever, but almost as good as it could get. And um, it was 
just the best, maybe it's one of the best days of my life, if not the best. Um, it's just been, it was so incredible. And I think I always, I always tell people that sort of rambling. I always tell people that when, if ever I'm doing a talk or something, you know, I, I qualified for three Olympics and two of them, the road was a little bit easier and more clear cut. And this one was so, so um, tumultuous and had so many like rises and falls and times when we didn't think we weren't sure if we were going to make it through. And we came third, we didn't win nationals, but that by far is um, my favorite skating experience that I have. And so it's such a lesson that um, it's not always about the highest score or the highest placement, but more about the journey that gets you there. And um, that is really true for me. Another one that was great was 2013 when um, Dylan and I skated so fantastic, best we could skate, and then got a Canadian record. And then Megan and Eric skated best they could skate, got a Canadian record. So I think that one, though we didn't win, I wanted, of course, so badly to win. Uh, I think that one was really fun for fans because it was such a great event. Tell us, what is your role this year at Canadians? Do you have teams that are actually competing or are you doing commentary? What What's happening? Yeah, at Junior and Senior Nationals, I do not have any teams. The highest level team that I have is novice. So uh, I will do strictly commentary. Uh, I will commentate the pair event and I will host the dance event. So Caitlin Weaver and I will work together uh, switching roles, um, which is the first time for that. Usually we work with Ted, Ted Barton, mm-hmm. who hosts and we commentate. And then at Skate Canada, uh, we tried for the first time on practices doing um, hosting and commentating with Caitlin and I working together. And they've asked us to do that again for, for nationals. Oh, very cool. Excellent. Now, is there a sep- is there a separate team doing French? I know it, for Skate Canada International, there were two broadcast teams, English and, and the yes. French. Yes. That's correct. Yeah, we do have a French team. Uh, your pair analyst will be uh, Charlie Bilodeau. And then we have Elizabeth Paradis. She used to skate uh, ice dance with uh, Zab. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Francois Xavier. <laughs> Last name escaping me. Um, we called him, as like for a friendship standpoint, we called him Zab. So that's what I know, know him as. Uh, we also have Alicia Pino on the French team and Laurence Darbo. Okay. Yeah. So they're great. They're so fun. Obviously I don't work directly with them and don't really listen to them either because I'm usually on the English side, obviously, but, um, they're really fun. They're doing a great job. So I hear. So everybody can listen to your commentary on, is it right on the Skate Canada website? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. The Skate Canada live stream will during nationals probably be right on their homepage and I, there will be options to choose the French or the English channel. Very cool. Well, we always appreciate that uh, Skate Canada makes so many of these streams available so that we can watch as well because we like to cover the event on the podcast and being able to actually see it and listen is so helpful. I know. I feel like we're seeing that less and less in uh, other countries with competitions. And with the U.S., I really struggle because I always want to watch, but I don't have I would love to pay for Peacock, but I can't. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the competition itself. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on this year's event and skaters to watch out for? Yeah, I uh, here I, I grabbed a screenshot of all the entries <laughs> to make sure I don't forget anyone. I obviously 
am the most excited for pair skating. Probably not a surprise. I just told you I love pair skating so much. And I was so bummed to see of the withdrawal of Brooke McIntosh and Benjamin Mimar. Uh, they're great athletes, a hardworking team. I don't, I don't know the reason for the withdrawal, but um, really unfortunate to see that in the year of a Canadian Worlds. And um, selfishly, I was really excited for uh, that pair battle um, because, of course, we do have three spots for Worlds. And um, right now, there are, in my opinion, four teams that kind of could have taken those three spots. Uh, you never know. People can always surprise us. Obviously, uh, some of these younger Canadian senior teams are great as well, but those four that had experience were the ones that I was kind of looking out for to make that world team. And with the absence of Brooke and Ben, it makes it as a viewer just slightly less exciting. So wishing them well, of course, and hoping hoping that it's nothing too serious. Um, Deanna and Max obviously have been having an incredible season so far. I saw yesterday that they expressed disappointment from their skates at Grand Prix final. If if you know, we watched and we saw that it wasn't quite to the standard that they had at Skate Canada. So I totally understand that disappointment. I think for them, this competition will be a little bit different because they're just trying to have a stepping stone to uh, hopefully, I'm sure they're hoping for a world championship title. I think their sights are beyond just getting a medal at this point. And so this competition, I wouldn't say would make or break it, but I think for their own confidence, they're probably just looking for a couple aspects that have been not as smooth this season to go a little bit better to give themselves some confidence for uh, for continents and then for worlds. Um, Leah and Trent are so great, obviously in their last season, their first season together last season. And uh, at that time she was still doing singles and pairs. This year, just focusing on pairs. She's not competing singles this season. Um, seems to be working well for them so far. We saw them qualify for the Grand Prix final, which is a huge feat and really incredible um, for them to have mm -hmm. done. Especially in your second season yeah. together. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and winning a Grand Prix and winning a Grand Prix when they had to beat the reigning world bronze medalist was huge for them as yeah. well. Um, so there, I... I think they're going to be setting their sights on winning this event. I don't think they want to be second. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Deanna and Max, obviously clear front runners, but it's nice to see in Canada that we have some strong pair teams that are making pushes, not just in Canada, but in the world. And um, we saw that last season, our two, team, two top teams were fourth and sixth, which is incredible. So I think it's going to be a great event. Um, a couple teams throughout, uh, Emmy Carignan and Brian Piero, just one challenge. They've been together a long time and have had some like real ups and downs in their career, I would say. They started when um, they were much younger, so they've experienced some growth and I think probably some changes in their technical um, timing of things, but saw it come together for them at Challenge. Fiona Bombardier, another story, because of course she is going to be competing in the senior women's event and was third last season at nationals. So it will be interesting to see how she mentally and physically will handle that kind of task of incredibly challenging task of competing both 
events because unlike us we do all our all our shorts over them on one day and all the frees on the next day so they do not have the luxury of maybe doing four programs within a three-day span that's going to be in two days um their coach is bruno marcotte who of course is a world champion coach and incredible coach and will know how to um pace them and pace her especially for that but i'm excited to see them they have some nice elements but we've just seen a little bit of newness from them in their competition so far, which makes sense because they're new. So um, absolutely. Yeah. But with that, I think with new teams, we also see kind of a, a steeper incline, I think, right. Because they learn so much in such a short period of time. So it will be great to see what they've been able to do since challenge about a month ago. I wanted to just mention, since we were talking about pairs, um, you know, two teams, made it to the Grand Prix final, but then also three Canadian pairs teams qualified for the junior Grand Prix final. So That's right. what are you, I mean, what are your thoughts on just the depth of Canadian pairs right now? I think it is so incredible and um, perhaps a testament to the Canadian pair initiative that's happening. We have this initiative program where um, pair really experienced pair people and coaches can mentor um, less experienced coaches who are hoping to start a pair program. And the idea behind that is so that if you want to try pairs, you don't have to travel to Toronto or to Montreal. Um, you can try it when you're young and still stay in kind of your home base. And I think that's so important to continue forming these teams. One of the teams that we saw at Junior Grand Prix Final is from Manitoba. Who would have thought, you know? So, and um, yeah, I just, I'm really proud of uh, all of these teams. I think they're making incredible strides and they look really determined and dedicated to put Canada back on that pair map, which is so great. Yeah. yeah, it was very exciting to see all of the teams, you know, qualify for both the senior and the junior final. Yeah, it's so great. Several of those junior teams were new. That's right, yeah. I mean, to be able to put that together in your first season, yeah, that's a testament to hard work. Yeah, that's right. And um, Martina and Charlie, who I believe were fourth at uh, final, he was the novice champion last year, just up from novice. And though they didn't medal, Ava and Yanni did medal. And, you know, Martina and Charlie didn't have their best skate. So it just is, um, it's just proof that you know, when it all comes together, it's going to be really great. It's already great. It's going to get even better. And I think even more importantly, that these teams that have been formed make sense long-term. Sometimes we see people come together and it makes a lot of sense short-term. They can do a lot of cool stuff in a season or two, but perhaps longevity is not necessarily um, realistic, which is okay. There's a time and place for that. But these teams, I feel good about their potential to stay together for a number of seasons and also continue to compete in the senior level for Canada, which is great. Yeah, that mm -hmm. builds the depth mm -hmm. because there were some retirements after 2022 and even before that, that mm -hmm. made things, I mean, Canada, I think it was 2018, came off a really strong, you know, Olympic team win I mean, it was a huge feat to do that yeah, at the Olympics. And then it seemed to go into a rebuilding. Absolutely. Phase. Well, all of them retired for the yeah. most part, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's hard to rebuild everything, not from scratch, but from 
um, a lower place from what from what they were. And so Absolutely. rebuilding and building that up, it takes time. I think we're starting to see some of the fruits of that. Yes, you're right. It's been obviously a whole quadrennial and a year since then. But that being one of those teams that stayed behind, that can be a really stressful time for the teams that are left as well, because the athletes see what people are saying, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're, we're trying our best, you know, and <laughs> exactly. it's, kind of, it's kind of that idea. And um, it is incredibly challenging to go from an Olympic winning team and then having every single um, first place in each discipline retire it, it mm-hmm. leaves a wide open space and it's a, an incredible opportunity. It was a great opportunity for us to step into it and lead the charge for four years, but also um, really challenging and stressful to try to be the face of, or one of the faces of the change. And so yeah. I think what's so great about pairs and dance right now is that there's so much depth in junior that I think the changing of the guard will be less obvious because it will happen kind of gradually. Yeah, we're seeing that in the U.S. Mm-hmm. as well, that there is some, there's a lot of depth at junior. We still have some depth at senior and um, in dance especially, that I think the future looks really solid. In pairs, it's not quite as yeah. laid out. Yeah. We're working on it. It's one of those things. It's not easy to have all four disciplines be at the top of their game at the same (laughs) time to be, here you are. Yeah, you're going to, you know, just be the top of everything. So it takes time to get things into place. And sometimes it's a rebuilding time. And that's when I wish that those who are watching the sport would, you know, cut some skaters some slack and realize that, as you said, you're doing your best. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not easy to pick up and carry the pieces after. And it's a problem that's above my pay grade. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because I just gotta focus on me and and uh, and they're right to to an extent that like it is absolutely my job to be competitive for myself. Mm-hmm. But everything else we we don't have a, a ton of say in. And I think that's a learning curve. And I think sometimes there's not a lot you can do about it if the numbers aren't there. Um, but I think if we continue to learn and, and figure out what works and figure out what we didn't do well, that we should do a little bit better for the next quadrennial. Um, right now, we have a ton of next-gen events that when I was next-gen, we didn't have. I've um, noticed that. Yeah. There's yeah. been a lot of next-gen events yeah. for so, all disciplines. It's great to see mm-hmm. because I think that's going to only make things stronger in the future absolutely and it motivates them to be ready for something and it motivates them to want to be a part of that next gen team um i've seen it you know in the rinks i work in now and and where i used to skate it's kind of a coveted place you really want to be on that next gen team and have those opportunities because with that become comes more resources um to help you get there even further so yeah it's great to see that investment Um, I think it's something that other countries should look at Mm -hmm. to start building depth in the disciplines because it's opportunity. Like you said, it's opportunity to go and, and have a chance to get funding. Even just experience being in front of some of those people. I do find that at champs camp, just obviously I've never been to a champs camp, but it seems like there are way more people, way more athletes invited at champs camp than we have at 
um, high performance camp in Canada. So that's like maybe a similar thing where they do allow some juniors to come in and um, we don't. Yeah. yeah. Camp. They invite anyone who's competing on the Grand Prix usually mm-hmm. to come to champs camp on the, at the senior level. Yeah. Even I find there's more, um, there are more different athletes going to Grand Prix from the States. You have quite a few women going this yes. year. Like obviously we saw Ava Marie Ziegler um, at, a, at a Grand Prix winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But for us, it's, it's pretty much Maddie and then the, the two spots for the host competition. So yeah, we're just, the numbers are less right now, I think for us. So um, let's move on to talk a little bit about the men. Is there anything that you want to share with us about um, what that looks like? Well, the men, i that's actually where I was going to go next to because I just think it is so exciting in the way of what the heck is going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea. And somebody, yeah. I was seeing a couple people on Twitter just posting the last group of men and thinking, oh my God, I have, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I... Obviously, with the absence of of Keegan last season, the the championship or the gold medal is pretty open. I think I think a lot of these men can do it. Um, a couple of years ago, I think we would have said Roman is the clear favorite. We haven't <laughs> seen Roman skate this year. I know. No, <laughs> he's trying <laughs> to compete. Oh, the poor guy traveling to was it Poland and skates didn't arrive and then traveling to, or trying to travel to Zagreb, yeah. but due to weather can't go. <laughs> and it really is a shame because I think if he wasn't um, slotted to go there, he would have done skate Canada challenge. And mm-hmm. that would have been a great opportunity for him to at least compete both programs. But you know, how are you to know that you're not actually going to make it to the competition? That's never happened to me before. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think he ended up with every skater's travel issues. Yeah. Oh my God. This season. Just so like, terrible. Yeah. So I just, I am a, a really big fan of, of Roman uh, as a human and as an athlete and am wishing the best for him. I hope mm-hmm. that above all placement aside, I hope that he can have two skates that look like him yeah. and look like what he is capable of. I think just, you know, jumps aside he's a, a beautiful jumper too, but jump society just is such an amazing skater. Um, so selfishly, I, I can't wait to watch, uh, last season, silver medal Conrad. Uh, we've seen Conrad a couple times this season, uh, looking, I think pretty solid for the most part. Um, Conrad, I think, doesn't have as much to fall back on in that component side as what a Roman would have. Um, but has these numerous quads in his arsenal and he has been able to compete this year, which is a leg up. And then we also have Wesley who has been on the podium the past couple of years. And um, I coach in the rink where Wesley skates. I've been away on tour for a month, <laughs> so I haven't seen him skate too much. But um, if Wesley can do both programs to the best of, of his ability, he can really be a threat uh, for one of those top spots or even the top spot, just depending. And then Steven, like there's just so many. <laughs> yes. There's just so many. 
Steven, if he also did two programs, I think last year we saw him do like a long every time after he buried himself in a short. And um, I see now why this is frustrating as a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was a skater and people were frustrated with me, I was like, I'm trying. Um, and so of course <laughs> it's not, I say this very lighthearted. I like hope first and foremost that these athletes are happy with themselves and their skates and whatever the rest doesn't matter. But um, you know, you just want people to show up and, and be able to be their best, especially when you know that they can do more than they have done. Um, but I think we can all trust also that they're doing everything that they can to get there. You know, it's just, um, it's just not as easy. Alexa Rakish did some really good stuff. I saw him a couple of times at a summer competition, uh, here in BC and, he can do some really beautiful things. Um, a little bit less experience from him, I think, uh, than some of the others, but uh, will be a great addition to the, that last group. And then Matthew Noonan, didn't he have like a breakthrough short last season? I feel like Am it's I remembering so, yes, correctly? I think so. so, yeah. I think he might have been on the podium in the short. I think it's possible he was third after the short. I could be totally wrong on that. But another really amazing skater, also coached by Ravi Walia, who um coach of Caitlin Osmond helped Patrick Chan to the 2018 Olympics like obviously knows what he's doing and so um this is gonna be <laughs> I was gonna say a good event I think it's gonna be good I don't know I'm just yeah thankful. it's gonna be um it's gonna be fun yeah we have no expectations I think we can't predict who's going to be on you know, the podium. Um, no. But we can say definitely we will have a new Canadian champion in the men's That's event right. because yes. Keegan is not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Though I was uh, on tour with Keegan and one time for fun, he did a quad toe. So I don't know what that guy's <laughs> Maybe uh, a comeback. No. Well, no. He, you know what? He is not in the, he's like being dad now. And yeah. yeah and loving doing shows. But it was a little bit like, why are you doing <laughs> Why are, why are you still why? doing that? What's the reason for this? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have vegan. to. You don't have to do that. <laughs> we're not getting we're not getting uh points no. on the tour. No. They're no. not grading us. We're not. You don't have to do anything like that. I'm sure he was flipping over fun. people too. <laughs> oh yeah. Tons of flips over people. That's his forte. And you know what? In rehearsal, when we're walking through and learning choreography, he will do that flip every time. That's his thing. It's got to be fun. I mean, it's got to be a lot of fun. I mean, more yeah. fun than a more fun than a quad toe. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I don't think I'd want to try either of those, but yeah. I'll flip over Mike, but not for myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, um so Matthew Noonan was second in the free skate at I think it's coup de pretemps. Yeah, in Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Spring Cup in French. Yeah. You want to say so, it? Yeah, so, oh, okay. wow. Yeah, he, he could. He's a really beautiful skater. He's a really beautiful things. Has a solid triple axle. Um, could surprise some people. I just, yeah, that group is just so wildly unpredictable. And I can't really remember the last time it was like that because uh, before Keegan, we had Patrick. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's just kind of always been um I think when Patrick retired um or when Patrick took that year off when Nam won nationals that year we could have had like a couple guys win 
but that's the last time I can think of when we've really had just wide open competition. It will be fun to watch. And I just really hope that um, they do what they can do. <laughs> yeah, I keep yeah. seeing this thing that's like, maybe not nice to say, but it says the men are menning. <laughs> I think it's really funny. <laughs> I actually heard that on an episode of Squid Game, the challenge. Like the, oh, that's the, there was a, Maybe it's where uh, it comes from. Yeah, there was a girls' alliance, and they were trying to make a girls' alliance as much as you can in a game like that, where they're like, "Well, look at the men. The men are menning," and I just was like, "Hmm, that's what they do." <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll, we'll let's leave them to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the women, um, I I know I mentioned it before here. I feel like. Madeline Skeezes is, if she can put a short and free skate together, like what she has put out this season in the same competition, she's going to be like in the mix for things. And this is Canadians where she, you know, should be the top skater. Yeah. <laughs> she's got the experience. She's, she's got the tools. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's just, yeah, and, she's and she's just, doing well yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was I listened to her media call yesterday and she said this is the most calm and most prepared she feels going into a Canadians. Um and she That's said great. it was like the 6 weeks because she from her last grand prix to now that she's had the time to just kind of come down and then rev back up again. And so she said she's really feeling calm going in to you know the the event next week but um yeah i know it's still hard as kind of she is the favorite as the two-time champion to still feel that calmness going into the event i hope that she will be more accustomed to that kind of pressure by now mm -hmm. um and that she will be able to keep that calmness she mentioned that to me at skate canada as well i always take her to skate canada was in vancouver which is where i live and um, when she was here for stars, I also took her to my favorite dog park. So uh, she was driving in my car at Skate Canada and mentioned the same thing that she, this was the first year in her senior career when she didn't have an event in December, like a Zagreb or a challenge or whatever. And she could take that time. She felt like she needed that time to take a breath and come down to get back up. And uh, that seems to have worked really well for her. I'm hearing really great things about how she's training. Um, I hope that she can gain some confidence in doing two great programs here um, to bring her into, because you're right, she could do such incredible things if mm -hmm. she lays down two programs. We saw it Olympic year, mm -hmm. um, and I really want that for her. But we did just have a surprise champion at our Skate Canada Challenge in Fayanne Laundrie, who I had never seen skate before. Um, and that's the thing about these events when, you know, there are some buys, some girls that are not attending, there's such opportunity for new, maybe not even new for these other senior women to make themselves known. Like, I think it can be so easy as a female skater to get lost in the shuffle. There's so many of them. Um, but she did a great job, skated two really solid performances and won the competition. So she finds herself in the last group here. Um, with Fiona, who of <laughs> course will also be doing pairs. Um, 
challenge I think for her was a little bit funny because they had to move her starting order in the free program because of the conflict with pairs. There were two rinks going at the same time. And so instead of skating when she was supposed to skate in her singles long program, she skated first. Um, and it was okay. Like she did a, she did a decent job for herself. I think probably not what she was looking for, but I wonder how much that shift in, um, difference in kind of routine and what you're used to and skating in the group you're supposed to be in. I wonder how that would have may have affected her. I don't know. Maybe it didn't at all, but, um, at nationals, we just have the one rank of competition. So her start order shouldn't have to be changed. The women will skate in the morning block. The pairs will skate in the evening block. So she'll have a busy day, but should be able to know exactly what her schedule will be. Um, Kaya, Kaya Ryder, um, who I expected to win challenge and didn't. Um, we saw such an, an uncharacteristic skate from her at Skate Canada, where she um, had a number of mistakes in the free and I think probably shocked herself, shocked me. I haven't seen her really make that many errors just ever in general, not to mention in one program. So um, it will be interesting to see how she recovers from that mentally. That can be really, really hard, can be really a blow to the confidence. So um, I hope that she will be able to recover. And she's headed to Korea for Youth Olympics at the end of the month, which is <laughs> super cool. Yeah. Just so cool. Yeah, and it's yeah. – with the schedule with Canadians being in early January, she can do Canadians and the youth Olympics where in the U S our skaters have to choose either nationals or youth Olympics. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And four years ago, ours did too. Oh, I remember okay. um, hearing, I wouldn't have been in the meeting cause I'm old, but I remember hearing that um, if the skaters wanted to be, um, what's the look, uh, considered if the skaters wanted to be considered for youth Olympics, then they had to be okay with skipping nationals yeah. because they would not be able to do both. Um, and yeah, it's great mm -hmm. this year. And I think actually it's a better, that aside, it's a better schedule for four continents too. I know that part of the team had to be named because of visas, but I wouldn't want to be an American skater who finishes and then flies right to China. Yeah. That is so <laughs> yeah. incredibly difficult and yeah. I just can't understand the rationale behind it um but again above my pay grade so <laughs> well in the Olympic year our nationals are usually like right after New Year's yeah sometimes conflict yeah. with Canadians yeah pretty good yeah and I feel like usually ours is closer to like around the I don't know second week I think they likely put this one early because it made sense for four continents and for youth Olympics that makes mm -hmm. sense to me um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it will be a great women's event. A lot of new, Hetty She is so great um, and has done some really great things. I don't know if she was at Challenge. I guess she must have been, but I'm not remembering how she finished. But um, she's been very consistent and able to do some good technical stuff. I think last year she was on the podium in junior. She might have won junior last year actually so um she did will be did she yeah so she, she will be coming year. first year senior she's in her in the last group she's an exciting one to watch too more technical from her than sometimes i want to see like 
I want to see face. I want to see excitement. <laughs> oh, she seems very reserved in not only her performances, but in her reactions, but um, really great technical skater and has lovely skating skills for sure. Maybe more over time mm-hmm. now that she's at the senior level, that expression will start to come out mm-hmm. in the ball or the seriousness will come down. Absolutely. She's so young. And I think for some skaters, that's a really, I think when I was young, you couldn't pay me to stop smiling. Um, but <laughs> we all have, you know, we're all different. Um, and for some skaters, it, I think it doesn't come as naturally or the um, intention behind the performance is just different. Yeah. Sometimes smiling is not appropriate right. in a performance. Right, you know? right. So. Yeah. Depends on, I think your program, the music, like you don't want to be smiling during something that's a serious doing like liver tango and you're yeah. Like yeah. super yeah, just no. cheesing so hard right. yeah totally. yeah doesn't work <laughs> okay so i think we've covered the women so let's move on to ice dance <laughs> yeah you know what i was looking at the starting order in preparation for our our chat here and notice that Piper and Paul are in the second group. And I just think that's so funny. <laughs> it is because um, they've second all group being the second last group being yeah. the last group. And I totally understand. They of course didn't go to nationals last season, but it just is a funny visual to have you yeah. know, the, the world medalists, not in the last group. It's not going to make a difference for them. Um, no. You know, they'll, they'll do their rhythm dance and uh, I'm sure they'll be back kind of where we expected mm-hmm. to see them mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i'm really excited for them i love their free dance this year this withering heights gets me every time i love when she reaches over the boards oh. um i'm <laughs> i'm seeing a lot of people saying we're touching the boards so much why are we all touching the boards i get it everybody's touching the boards but this one i find is not a touch to the boards just to touch it it's like a right it's an incorporation yeah. into this like masterful um unique thought out choreography um i just really love this rhythm dance so much i think dance event is exciting because um we have so much depth in ice dance even um the teams that are in the first group are incredible ice dancers which um makes for a really great event we're watching really great teams doing really cool and different programs throughout all three groups and all 13 teams. Um, Haley Sales and Nicholas Wamsteeker have been on the national team the last couple of years. Nick retired. Um, I believe he was going to go do some training for, gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. I thought it was maybe the Navy. I thought he wanted to fly planes. Oh, maybe that's what it is. He was retiring to do some sort of, he very much had a clear cut plan, it seems, to do some sort of uh, training for yeah. something or other, which I should look into to know uh, prior to next week. And then um, I don't know the exact details, but Haley and Nick are skating together again, just recently got engaged right before yeah. or right after yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah. They've been together for as long as I can remember. So it will be nice to see them back at nationals again. Uh, junior champions from last year, uh, Nadia and Peter, uh, who mm-hmm. had kind of their first jump into some senior events this season and have been really holding their own. Um, That's a fun team to watch with a lot of power and a lot of innovation. Um, 
They always make pretty shapes, like they're yes, yes. that starting yes. pose. Yeah, yes, so cool. Their elements, everything that they do, I feel like is it. There's a purpose, and it tells a story. And I really enjoy their rhythm dance. I think everything down to the costuming is just so fun. I agree. I agree. And that kind of purposeful and intentional choreography is what makes us feel things, I think, at mm-hmm. least in my opinion. You're not just doing something just to do, do it. it. There's right. like a there's a reason. And yeah. um I agree. I really, I really like that about them. Um Alicia and Paul have kind of just returned this year. Last year we're not at Nationals because of Paul's um shoulder surgery. So uh, Paul says he's all healed and they're healthy. And Paul is from Calgary, which is where our national championships are. So that will be really fun for them. They've never competed together in Calgary before. So it will be a really nice experience to, I'm sure, for him to have family and friends there and to get to be at nationals again. Because again, we just all love nationals. It sucks. <laughs> we have to miss it's out. A, I think we, we have, we've determined it's a special place. Yes. Like it's, it's a so special. special. <laughs> yeah. It means a lot. Even for us in media, it's when we get to see our friends. Yeah, totally. Like others that cover the sport, we we don't always get to go to the same events. So oh, cool. it's just fun to get together and just have dinner some night and watch performances and react to them ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's great. Cheer for your faves. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. And this last group's pretty stacked. I mean, <laughs> Molly and Dimitri who have done uh, Grand Prix for Canada this year. And I think what's interesting about a number of these teams in the last group um is that they've all been kind of fighting for those same spots for the last number of years you know they've all kind of been fifth sixth um and will want to obviously break into more of that top three or sorry top four or hoping to be top three soon you know um and I think because they have been so comparable in their scores they're going to want to make a big leap from each other those Alicia and Pauls Molly Dimitri Mary Shad Romain um and last year we had Haley and Nick also in that same kind of similar score range so it's uh it's fun to see them trying to push themselves to rise above the rest um Marjo and Zach is they are uh, I'm just such a fan I think they are so incredible um I know so many people love their rhythm dance I love it too (laughs) but I am partial to their free dance I just love when they do that kind of style because um, when somebody does that style well, it really gets me in my feels, which is what I like to experience when I watch figure skating and ice dance in particular. So uh, I am an incredibly big fan of theirs. And uh, it has been fun also to see them this year. They were really close to uh, Piper and Paul in scores. And I mean, that's cool. Yeah. That's good for Canadian <laughs> yeah. skating. You know, we're pushing for Piper and Paul to win worlds and we hope that they do but it's so great for Canadian skating when we have a team that uh seemingly is not the best in the country or on paper isn't the best but still is pushing in the mm-hmm. in the scores to to be there and sooner rather than later and I think they, they said somewhere that they don't want to wait their turn and I was just like good for you yeah. <laughs> don't say it it's nice yeah it's refreshing honestly to hear a team say that they don't want to be second anymore or third they anymore. They want to win. And it's always as a journalist hearing them say it 
what we well, know what they're already thinking is just it's yeah it's very refreshing to hear that and hearing what yeah. they're going yeah for. i agree and I they're backing it up too it's not a um it's not a cocky way of saying it either it just no. is not a confident way to put it out into the universe and to show people what you're working for and and um to kind of speak to the strategy that you're using to get there and um yeah i'm a bit i'm a big fan of them i i really like their skating a lot um i think they're such a likable team as well in that they're so different um and endearingly so uh marjorie was one of my roommates in the beijing olympics and i didn't really know her before that time and um the little i know of zach she's just so very different obviously it's working you know they've been skating <laughs> together for so long they continue to improve and it seems like in speaking to kind of their training mates they're just really no bullshit they just come in and they train and they don't seem to argue or ask questions they just do what's asked of them and um zach is obviously a prodigy on the piano and just so incredibly skilled and talented in such a variety of different aspects of life and uh i think somebody told me during the olympics that he was you know after skating watching videos of great ice dance men and like trying to figure out how to make him uh, look like that and this was like during competition at the end of a practice day you know and um i just think that speaks to uh, his character and how badly they do want to be at the top. I think that he, because of his music back, you know, music background, I think that helps or adds to their musicality and performance because Absolutely. he's got that connection. And I also appreciate that their two programs this season are very different from each other. And yeah. I feel like that's something that they do each year is, is contrasting styles yeah, and I agree. They, mm -hmm. they make it work. I like agree. It works for them. Last year, it was. I thought it was such a shame that they didn't get to go to Worlds with those two programs because I thought, I mean, their rhythm dance was my favorite of the season with the cha-cha slide. I just freaking loved it so much. <laughs> so much. And fun. I thought so their fun. three was such a contrasting choice. And in doing that, you're you're really showing um, such strength as skaters. We often see teams. Um, who are always picking the same genre because it's what they're good at and their strategy to that. I, I was that person by the time we got to Olympic year. We tried in the first couple of years of the quad to skate to Pink Floyd. Didn't really work out, but tried our best, you know, pick different things. And I think we see often in ice dance teams who are going after the same strategy for music that they're selecting, obviously different musical choices, but same area of um, style totally yeah and they're just always doing something different and i yeah. love that yeah you never know what you're gonna get mm -hmm. each year and so i think that's fun that's I agree just something to look forward to yeah i agree i agree now i wanted to know what you thought of the 80s rhythm dances this year i love it i'm just singing the whole time i watch it <laughs> Yeah, just singing and dancing. And at one point when Caitlin Weaver and I were commentating at Skate Canada, we turned the mics off when we're not speaking, of course. And we were singing and dancing and someone behind us said, you guys should turn the mics on. That's really funny. We thought it's not funny for no one wants to hear this, but it's a really um, it's a fun experience to be in the building when you're watching a, an entire group of 80s themed rhythm dances. And also it's even better when 
they come to the table with such vastly different choices. There's so much good uh, material from the 80s. And I think we've been really lucky this season to see so many teams different takes on, you know, their version of what the 80s is. And it expands beyond the music and the choreography, their hair <laughs> and their costuming and, mm-hmm. you know, how they get to their starting pose. And I just, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my decade. I like, I grew up during the 80s and to see it brought to life there. I mean, I'm excited because at U.S. Nationals, I'll actually get to, a, you know, be at a competition with Gina to be able to say, yes, that hair, that is right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really fun for me to see what people want to bring to the table. And then I also know, based on everything that I've seen this season, there's still a lot of music that did not get used <laughs> that I know <laughs> would make great programs. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. they'll have to do it again. Yeah. They will. They probably will. It's been pretty successful, I think. I've enjoyed it. I'm just looking forward to actually being in an arena with all these 80s programs going and being able to sing along and just kind of, you know, bouncing around to the, you know, the music and stuff. So I think the audience is going to sing. I think that's going to be (laughs) a thing. Fingers crossed. (laughs) They need to. Yeah. Come on. Anyone who's out there that's listening at Canadians or U.S. Championships, (laughs) Please sing along during the 80s rhythm dance. The skaters are going to like it. They yeah. would like it. They will. That's Most the of best them are singing anyway. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah, I've seen that actually on ice. <laughs> like Olivia Smart is the queen of that, actually. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only other thing I was going to quickly mention is that Canadians. We have synchro in Canadians that we don't necessarily have. So um, three teams competing in the senior synchro event. But um, do you get to commentate on that or do you watch it at all? Um, And how does the like how does the audience respond um, to synchro just with it? Yeah. The other disciplines. Uh, last year was the first time, including synchro. So I never was competing when we had that. Um, I do not commentate synchro because the audience deserves better. Um, my knowledge is just not there. I actually work a fair bit with, um, I mean, a fair bit is all relative, I guess. Whenever I'm in Ontario, I tend to see the Nexus junior and senior teams and help them with their, uh, with Nexus, we mostly do, with, sorry, with senior, we mostly do lifts and desk spirals and spins. And with junior, even, um, some choreography input and uh, I've had a really fun time. Um, My connection there is because I did synchro as a kid and the coach of Nexus Junior was my synchro coach. So uh, yeah, we made kind of that connection and um, I've really enjoyed going in and I try to learn as much as I can about their world and about synchro while I'm there. And so, yes, I will watch and will be invested and cheering very loudly. at nationals and last year was interesting because the free program for senior happened on Thursday which is our practice day so a lot of audience members won't be there uh, who are there for the kind of typical four disciplines that we have seen for years and years uh, they might not be there yet for the competition but the atmosphere last year was really great it was super loud of course with there being three teams and those three teams having 16 girls on it and those 16 girls bringing you know, a mm-hmm. couple people to watch them. Um, they fill a large percentage of the stands on their own. And um, I think us being in the building to see it gives us an appreciation for it that we don't have when 
we're not able to see it in person because you just don't get the same effect when you're watching on TV or on the mm-hmm. computer. And um, I think there's a huge respect for them and what they do. And I'm glad we're amalgamating. And I hope that um, more people have the opportunity to see it. And then also to know, and maybe that's an avenue for somebody who didn't even know it existed. Right. On Nexus Senior, for example, there's... Um, a skater named Chloe Schwinnard, who was junior pair champion in 2018. And she started skating for Austria a couple of years ago with Livio Meyer and was trying to still be a pair skater and, um, you know, was having a partnership disintegrated, couldn't find a new one and tried, I think, on a whim to skate for Nexus Senior and is just loving it so much. And I think she can't imagine doing anything different. And they train very hard. They train four hour on ice sessions at a time, you know, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun to have that amalgamation and it's uh, deserved for them to uh, have the kind of get the credit that, that we're all giving them now that we can see what it is that they're doing. Yeah. I was at the world synchronized championships in Lake Placid uh, last year. Cool. And I can tell you the Canadian synchro fans are loud and proud. I mean, yeah. with Lay Supreme <laughs> and Nexus and um, yeah, it was just a great atmosphere. And I, and I like that Canadians brings in synchro into with the other disciplines at their national championships where we don't, it's a, it's a separate competition. Yeah. Um, and, I, and maybe it's because we have more synchro teams. I, I'm not sure what the reasoning is, but I think that, bringing it in allows others to see it and to kind of really get a feel for what synchro is and what it's all about. And as you said, provides an opportunity for someone who, you know, was struggling to find success in a discipline now finding success and enjoying being a part of synchro. So absolutely. I think there's just so many different avenues in figure skating. If I never tried pair skating, I would have missed out on a hugely fulfilling part that a part of my life. Uh, that I've had. And um, yeah, it's super fun to to have them at the competition. And Mike and I were at Finlandia once where synchro is very popular. Mm-hmm. And um, our medal ceremony was at the end of the day after the synchro event. So we had competed earlier on and we left the rink and we came back for medals when the final few synchro teams were skating. And people had drums in the stands yes. and they were blowing horns and the stands <laughs> were full. And we were like, where was this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole. They need to do. They need to do a training. Yeah. Seriously, the yes. fans need to do a training with general skating fans to show them how to. Yeah. Support the skaters. Yeah. Like, to totally. really get We're out there. And... Tennis yeah. Class. yeah. No, <laughs> the 1980 rink in Lake Placid was completely packed, and they had bell, you know, bells and yeah. cowbells, and it was just it was. I didn't expect that because yeah, nationals, we don't have that much noise. And so that's what I said. Synchro fans need to teach the fans of the other disciplines, how it's done when it comes to cheering and shouting and creating an atmosphere. There definitely needs to be more energy. I agree. Maybe I'll bring one of those big drum things (laughs) that they have. All right. That sounds good. Well, this has been so fun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on our podcast. We want to ask you just two more things. One, are you going to be at World Championships in Montreal? I hope so. Uh, There will be a team uh, of um, broadcasters going to um, 
analyze well or for the uh, earbuds, do you know what I'm talking about? They're yeah. what you can wear to listen to commentary in the venue only. And so there will be a team traveling for that. We don't know who the English team will be yet, but I'm really, really hoping to be one of them. I, I would love to go and, and missed out on that Worlds in Canada opportunity in 2020. I feel so lucky to have had one in 2013, but I would really love to go, but still don't know. Okay. I think, you know what, I think I might go anyway, because I think we might do a bachelorette after. Oh, because a lot of right. my bridesmaids will be there. So all I might right. go in general, but I hope to go to work. And speaking of bridesmaids, how are your wedding plans going? They're going great. I actually, just before our call here, I just got off with um, our planner and things are coming along. It's coming really quickly, um, quicker than I think we expected. And uh, we tried at the beginning to do this ourselves and quickly learned that a planner is an excellent investment. <laughs> I would encourage it to all and any. Um, it's been great. It's been a really fun experience for us so far. And um, yeah, we're, we're excited. Well, we appreciate Kirsten taking mm -hmm. the time to be with us today. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, the site formerly known as Twitter, at This WK in Skating. Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, it's just This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.